Hello everyone, my name is Drew Tippett and I am the host of The Musician's Muse, a platform where musicians get to tell the stories they want to tell and connect with their fans. just heard Dumb Smile by Clever Girls, a band from Burlington, Vermont, and made up of four members, Diane, Winfield, Toby, and Rob. I chatted with all four of them on this episode about how they met, the way Diane writes songs through her voice memos, and tour stories about their first tour, along with the Joshua Award, an award they give to the weirdest person they meet on tour. This is the story of Clever Girls. Hi, um, I'm Diane, and we are Clever Girls. Um, I play guitar, I sing, and yeah. Hi, I am Rob. I drum for the Clever Girls. I'm Toby, and I play the bass for Clever Girls. My name's Winfield, I play the guitar. Okay, so I started playing guitar when I was like 20 years old, um, and I started doing like mostly like acoustic kind of songwritery stuff which I became uh, pretty instantly, like, sc- like sort of sor- scornful of, didn't want to do it. Um, and then I wanted to start a band. And so it happened pretty quickly. I mean, um, I moved to Vermont when I was, like, 24 and met Rob, like, what, like, maybe a month after I moved up? Something yeah, like that. Early. Pretty early. Met through Craigslist. It's the ultimate, the ultimate musician's friend for <laughs> gear and to find like yeah. musicians. It's funny because, like in hindsight, like if I were to like sort of set up the same circumstance, right, and like I would not a use Craigslist, b respond to like uh, dudes texting me from Craigslist, and c like um, definitely not have been so trusting of, of the whole situation, but I really lucked out. Cause Rob texted me and like, was like, Hey, like I'm in this, this band called 1881. Like you should like maybe sing with us or, or something like that. Something along those lines. Yeah. We were, sing harmonies we on the record. We were studio too. So it was like, just come by the studio. So it seemed like it was really like, you know, easy going. Just stop by and we'll meet and, once we met, we were, like, really good friends. Winfield and I were there, so it was just, like, we were joking right away. And then Diane really wanted to get her project off the ground, and we were able to play, you know, background parts to her songs, and it just happened really quick. And uh, I've been playing music for a long time. My cousins taught me when I was young. I knew Toby, our bass player now. Hello. Back <laughs> from where I grew up on Long Island. Um, we grew up, we were young, playing music together. And a couple of years ago, we wanted to expand the band, and Toby wanted to get out of Long Island, so he moved up to Vermont. And, uh... The rest is history! Yeah. I got a new phone, so I, I a lot of them are on my old phone, but I, I would say every... 
not only just one voice memo, I would say I've written every song to multiple prog- progressions and, like, with multiple melodies, for the most part. And, it's like, the same lyrics, just over different chords and with different melodies to see what I like the best. And Loom is one of those where I wrote the final version in the studio, but I had those words floating around in different formats for a month, you know, and then just finally, like, locked it in. Um... But it just, like, having those to go back to helps me hear about it and, like, whoa, what, what melody is catchier and, like, what is, uh, like, what phrasing works best. And, um, I, I, I just, I like to be able to, like, hear things again and again and again and see what sticks out. Like, and every time something does work, there's always just, like, a clear winner. Like, when I sent Winfield the, the demo for Dumb Smile... We were in the middle of, we weren't at the studio, but we were in the middle of, like, our recording process, and he was like, that has to go on the record. Meanwhile, I had written that song maybe three times, like, in different ways, but just, like, that was what made sense, that's how the song sounded the best, that's, those were the chords that worked, and, you know, so that's just how it, I remember I was actually, we were talking about Bloodshot records earlier, I was listening to a lot of Lydia Loveless at the time. I, I, I kind of think we do. You do? I mean, normally we get songs, like, standardized, and then when we're on tour, we kind of can tinker and figure out spots to do more or less. I guess it's true. <laughs> At least musically, maybe not lyrically. But I, know, I feel like we definitely all work on stuff as we play out. Yeah. Evolves. Um, I would say, like, songwriting, though. Like, I've never written a song in the van and been like, let's... Like, songwriting, I do by myself, I would say. Yeah, I'm just part. talking about, like, tweaking songs live and stuff. but that's starting to evolve too even like last record I wrote every song and like this record like Winfield wrote one of the songs um or like we split you know like so it's like I think our writing process is like just evolving as we get like tighter and more comfortable with each other and like more comfortable with the process of writing together I think it's evolving a bit some stuff we write in the studio too like I would say two songs on the last record record got written in the studio. So, yeah, those are actually the two singles too. They got written in "Dumb Smile" and on "Loom." On the spot. Yeah, "Loom" was written on the spot, and well, I would say like I would say that a lot of the subject matter for the songs are like examinations of of like things that are going on in, in my personal life or my life in general, or they're just, like, more int- introspections. Um, but, like, very rarely will I... Unless something is, like, really... I don't know. I don't think I would, I don't think I would ever write about, like, I don't know, like, Joshua Awards. Kind of yeah, stuff. that's but, too weird. But sure. also, like, I... But it informs you. Yeah, like, it makes would, all these things are, you know, whatever. Yeah. You, don't, you don't really write from a spit, like a concrete point of view it's more like you said like introspections and all that stuff yeah i mean for me at least that's how i think and i think you think yeah like i would say there are very there's one song that's pretty literal on look and there's maybe one song that's pretty literal on our new record but everything else is way more Written in code. It's a New Yorker think piece, you know. It's a New Yorker think piece. <laughs> yeah, they're way more. Um, I hate to describe my work as cryptic, but I would say like they're more. Ooh. Ooh they're cryptic. 
Um, I would say I don't write very literally a lot. I, I would say a lot of what I write is... Sometimes I'll like even take a literal sentence and then I'll just like I'll translate it so it's not literal anymore. I'm like, how can I say this so that it won't make sense to anybody Pick listening? Latin. But yeah, like I'll write. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like just so that because I don't like writing about things where people will know what it's about. It just kind of feels like I'm taking a situation and framing it and like hanging it up on the wall, like some gallery, and that doesn't really feel fair to like let people in on that part of. My and life that's good. Like, I think I think it allows people to interpret stuff the way they yeah. want to, or they can. You know, yeah. it allows a lot of room for your own, which I think is what people thought want. process. Yeah, well, that's what I want for music and from art in general. You yeah, know, it's like you don't. I'm not trying to. I mean, as much as I love Willie Nelson on the road again, you know, like it's not really. Yeah, it's not really like making me weep. But <laughs> w- Willie Nelson is. It's interesting that you bring him up because Willie Nelson is one of, like, I would say, like, my all-time songwriters in in the sense that he took these incredibly simple things, right, Um, and made them so, like, like, so simple and so relatable. Like, he has the song, uh, last thing I remembered, first thing this morning, he walked out on me, and it's like, I opened a door on my knee, and it's like, fuck, that's so relatable. Like, when you're just having a bad morning and you, like, realize you're just alone. Like, that's, like, what a way to say that. Sure. You know, like, he has, like, these incredibly um, poignant, literal things that probably happened that just, you can, you can take and just be like, yeah, I've been there. Like, I spilled my coffee in it and, like, made me realize, like, oh, fuck, I have to clean this up, I'm all alone, the house is empty, shit, you know? Willie Nelson is amazing that way. I love him. Catch and Release, a song off their record, Luck. The second part of our discussion was about tour stories, starting with their first tour, Strange Encounters That They've Had, and Why They Work As A Band. Yeah, we, so, we got enough. Uh, well, we did like little touring yeah, the, back in the day, you know, brief weekend back. things. Yeah, all the time. Well, not just, yeah. So we, that like, was really getting to know each other. The first touring. The touring. first like main tour was just Rob, me, and Winfield. And we did. <laughs> Look at Winfield's face. We did like um, Boston, Rhode Island, New York City. We did a weird show in Lake Placid. Yeah. Um, weird show in Lake Placid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it was a Halloween show. So that brings a little bit of weirdness <laughs> in everyone. Um, and we played with a band that is exceptionally weird. They just, don't name names. We're not going to name names. They're just like... Um, we love all the bands we've played with ever. Except for this one band that were rampant misogynists. And just oh, like... I'm just like not nice people and... You know who you are. We're, we're basically just a cover band that, like, couched themselves as, like, not a cover band. It was strange. They they played a lot of current pop radio hits. 
I got really drunk and asked them if they would cover an, an Imagine Dragons song because I thought it was hilarious that they were so current. And they got like, it was strange, they covered all the hits of today, but they got kind of <laughs> upset with me <laughs> when I asked if they would cover an Imagine Dragons song, which is the joke, but I don't know, they they were pretty serious. Yeah. It was very, it was weird. It was very weird. And like, I wouldn't say the whole band were ter- terribly misogynistic, but at least two people in the band were just like, saying like, really awful things about, yeah. like, basically like, women and like, yeah, it was just bleak. It was just all in all bleak. So we were just like throwing in the towel. We we're just like, let's just like get drunk and just like ride it through. And then they were like, do you want to stay in our hotel room? And we we're like, yeah. And so we just took the beds and <laughs> made them all sleep on the floor and then like got out really early in the morning and just like took off and just never looked back. And we're like, we'll never play with that band again. And we haven't. It's good we like each other too. They really like didn't like each other. <laughs> and they were brothers. It's very crazy. And they were brothers. <laughs> yeah, they were brothers. Yeah. Um, anyways, I feel like we're we're being tangential a little bit. Yeah. Oh, and then we met swingers that night. Oh, we did meet swingers oh, that yeah. night who definitely wanted to swing with they, Rob and I. They wanted to swing. I think they thought we were dating. Um, he looked like Mr. Clean. Yeah. This guy had a really large shiny. earring and a very shiny head. Maybe that was his costume. I Maybe forgot that it was his hotel. Ah, <laughs> I forgot that it was like a hotel and we were in, it was Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. They were Canadian. They were just on the prowl. They were just on the prowl and like, uh, we're just, we like resigned, like I said, and like, we really are not like, like as like an older, more mature band, we're not like, let's get drunk and party on stage. Like, but this particular night, it was very early in our, like career as a band and we had completely resigned to just this show being a complete wash other than the money that we were being paid and yeah. um so we were just like let's get drunk and like like screw it you know yeah, and, this um, a, plus the halloween thing i think we were like all right yeah. let's part if we're going to party one night of this and thing and so we resigned on stage. We were like, if anyone wants to do shots with us, like, we'll do shots with you and they just were feeding yes. us yeah. shots <laughs> like great. they we must have done like five or six tequila shots with them and yeah. like like, neither of us are, like, big people, so we were just, like, gone, but they were definitely trying to swing, and I, we were just, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, my my highlight of this night, what I can remember, because I did drink really heavily, but I was so amped up watching... Sorry, I was so amped up watching, so amped up watching this other band play later that night, that I threw my arms up and yelled and just fell backwards. And, right on your and ass. didn't, like, let it go. I, like, I watched it's hard from, to like, fall backwards. Arms up in the air. Like you were going to be into a pool, but just yeah, right onto a concrete floor. But I, yeah, I knew what was, I don't know. I, I that's a lot of that's uh, one, That is one, one sight I will never forget. I, we watched it from the bar and we were just like, oh. What? There he goes. Yeah. <laughs> Timber. I, I, yeah. I wonder what they were covering. It wasn't Imagine Dragons, but it was. Something it was something on along that those level. lines. Yeah. Something. Um, <laughs> it was sick. Yeah. Whatever it was, <laughs> it made you very happy. You should explain the Joshua yeah, Ward because yeah. its roots go back to 1881. Well, yeah, it's actually a, it's a band that I actually played drums for called the Itchy Hearts, um, from Virginia, and we did a tour. And we we ended up staying with a guy named Joshua Ward. 
<laughs> and uh, Joshua Ward was insane. We ended up getting to his place and got into a whole mess. And we had to leave the next morning, like, running out of there while he was chasing us on his <laughs> motorbike. It was insane. It was a wild night. Can't get into all those details. But that band, and you know, we decided his name, Joshua Ward. I kept saying it in my head, and I was like, oh, it sounds like Joshua Ward. So we were like, that was the weirdest person we met that whole tour. And then we did some more tours with that band, and I kept it a tradition anytime I was ever in bands. Like, all right, the weirdest person we encounter gets the Joshua Award. The last person we stayed with that won the Joshua Award, it was, it was pretty wild. We left in a in a real hurry the next morning out of this like cracked in basement that we were told was a nice furnished apartment. It turned out to be more than we bargained for. She was basically or like, less. I'm not sure which. I, mean, I, think, I, I think a little bit of both. So she yeah. basically invited us and we were in a kind of like a desperate spot where we didn't have a spot to stay. Some band offered us a spot to stay at their warehouse, and then she had offered us a spot to stay at her nice furnished apartment with a pull-out couch and an extra bed and, and like a guest room and, and TV. And we're like, we could stay at this bathtub. warehouse, which we're like, we know what we're getting into staying at a band where you know it's probably yeah, we stayed there once. We stayed there the night before too. But it was like on cement floor, you know. We were like, yeah. it would be nice yeah. if we could like get some and, good sleep in, whatever. And this day, I mean, we were at this bar, and this waitress was like. Very nice to us. Yeah, I think the fact that she was feeding us drinks wasn't the best first thing to do. Yes. Because me and Rob were pretty much, you guys were getting tattoos and me and Rob were hanging out at the bar like all day just waiting for you guys. Yeah. And she was just like, another drink! And we're like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, we thought it was nice. You know, we thought it was friendly. Yeah, local hospital. But, uh. But she invited us back (laughs) and she was i i mean like like mental illness to me is not a joke but she was like not well she was not well yeah. and she had hundreds of cans of cat food empty empty but no cat no cat didn't see a single cat didn't see a cat there was a lot of uh, spray paint in this it was like a cement yeah, cinder it was like lo- a cinder block wall like basement basement dungeon and she was just like spray painting and like huffing paint basically and, uh, for, like, everywhere in her apartment. So, uh, Rob and Toby just go, like, well, we're oh. just going to go to bed. And no bed, we'll no sure. couch. No bed, no couch. It was a no. futon. Okay. Stained okay. futon. There was, like, a broken, stained, gross futon. She tried to get each one of us in bed with her separately. Um, or she, together, you know, whatever. Yeah. She didn't seem um, to care. <laughs> she wouldn't stop watching... Taxi. Taxi. On DVD. She had one disc on, on DVD. DVD box set. And wouldn't let us go to bed. Just and watched it on repeat. Watched it on repeat. And then finally when we were all like, we need to go to bed, she like put on this weird audiobook. And like, I, I was Way too like, loud for anybody to be able to sleep. It was yeah. like the subject matter was just like fucking terrifying, like horrific. And I got up and I was like, I'm just going to go up and turn this off. She's snoring. I can, I can hear her sleeping. So I turned it off and... The second I hit pause, she just, like, sits up and is like, TURN IT BACK ON! <laughs> and we're like, oh What was my the God. audio book? It was like, it was assisting... About assisted physician, suicide? Physician-assisted suicide. Yeah. It was like Guy for his mother, trying yeah. to get like help his mother kill herself. Really bright, yeah. positive. Feel good. And she, Feel like, good she like, turned on Wicked Loud and blasted it into the room we were sleeping in. Like. <laughs> it was like a social experiment. It was like... <laughs> So bleak. It was awful. I showered there. That was the stupidest thing. Yeah, you shouldn't have done. I don't know how. <laughs> but she came into the bathroom while I was showering. Like, tried to, and it was just really weird. 
Anyway, I ended up leaving clothing there and gave her my address so she could mail it back to my brother's home, not even my own home in New York. And we were like, give and, her your address uh, if you want. She, so what the Joshua wore, I guess she didn't really, she sent us back a bunch of like marijuana stuff, like all this weird like stuff we didn't ask for. Plus it's like illegal to Just send it in the mail. <laughs> But she's, that's what she left us with, was like a grinder and a bowl and this... I don't know. I just wanted my bandana back and some clothing or whatever. So that's what she... That was the awards that she left us just with. Just very illegal drugs that she sent yeah. through the mail. Um, which was... To yeah. your brother's house. Yeah, to my brother's. Just become good. a parent. Yeah. <laughs> like... Sorry, Chris. Find the seat of our pants. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean every, every so often. I feel like we kind of, like, get candidates, then we all, like, kind of huddle, like, sidebar, just like, all right, where are we going to stay tonight? It all depends, too. Diane does <clears throat> a lot of the booking for this band, so a lot of, I feel like what Diane does is if we know a certain city or a band that we've worked with before, it's a lot easier to kind of ask them what t- the situation is than meeting new bands and strangers. Mm-hmm. So that's what we call, like, dirty work, is... Uh, <laughs> Like some, oh, yeah. yeah, like getting paid at a show we've never been to, or like trying to f- ask bands if we could crash at their place. It's like all the stuff you don't really want to do all the time. It's awkward, but we, it's you awkward, know, yeah. we kind of share the duties of doing the dirty work. That's what we call it. And yeah, uh, yeah you just kind of. There's been times where we've just asked on stage, you know, like. We don't have a place to stay. Are there nice like parks or where can we camp? And then people are kind of like, yeah, yeah you played up. You're like, you like, is there an abandoned bridge we could maybe <laughs> yeah. crash under? Like, just to be out of the to smoke crack. Yeah, you know, just to be out of the out the of the freezing cold in, cold in the rain. And they're like, no, 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 come to my house. Yeah. It's lovely. Yeah. In our basement with yeah. pink ass. Yeah, no, um, it's it's great. Or you tell them one of those stories, and they're like, that sounds horrible. Why don't like let me take mercy on? You. But <laughs> poor, the best poor though people. is you know. A lot of times when we're kind of on our toes and like from these, you know, crazy nights with Joshua Ward winners, um, (laughs) we'll meet people that aren't, you know, it's like hard to read them maybe. And then we get to their spot and they've like the best. Yeah. They they have the nicest setup in like. The most lovely one, people. Yeah, the lovely homes with some of the most interesting stuff. Like you can learn so much from these people. And uh, that's the reward of doing the dirty work sometimes and just doing this in general. I don't know. I think when it works and, like, when you work with people, I mean, we're all best friends and it's still, yeah, it's like a good working thing. It doesn't feel like it's too much work, I guess. It feels like right that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's definitely work, but, like, the work is kind of more worth doing than, like, other other things. Like, I guess it's easy for me to say I haven't been in other bands. Like, this is the only band I've been in, other than, like, my solo stuff, but my solo stuff all ended up being this band's material for the most part. Um, kind of think we just lucked out. Yeah. I would say a lot of it's luck. A lot of it's just, like, I mean, Robin's... Our record... Is called luck. Um, Rob and Toby have known each other for twenty years, yeah, 15, fifteen years, fifteen years, something like that. Um, and then Rob and Winfield have known each other for a pretty long time at this point, what, like seven, eight years. Something like that. So I'm like the newest 
the newest yeah, <laughs> member die. of the friends group. But um, I would say it's just like you have those relationships that have been, you know, invested in and um, like nurtured as as friendships, and then you, when it works, it works. listening to today's episode of the musician's muse be sure to check out clever girls on spotify and itunes stay tuned for more content in the future and if you have questions or comments feel free to email me at info at the